it's Katie, and this is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. With trap beats playing in the background. Happy December. Yep. My home stretch. 2020. I was about to say 2024. Almost over. Nope. <laughs> Not this year. But it's flying by. It might, might, as, might as well be almost over. I mean... We'll see. 2024 is going to be crazy. So, Girl, and that's only classically black stuff. So literally, like, I had to. I just got so much going on. We I need do. an investor. I forgot. You said what? I said we need an investor. I need someone to operate my brain for me. Like, that little break we just took, the 30 minutes, I had to move all these students around. I completely forgot. Because... I'm saying we need an investor because we 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 got full time work plans on a part time schedule. So, at <laughs> work in part time capacity. So I mean internship capacity, if we be honest. <laughs> so, but we move. So many good things are happening, and yeah. Yep. Well, anyway, news this week. News from us, as always. If you haven't got your merch yet, what you doing? Like, hello? You want a little box working on your Tumblr for work? Period. So, um, if you would like to get something before Christmas, if you're getting it for, you know, your your man, your whoever, whoever you got going on. First of all, good for you. Keep that to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, December 10th is the day. December 10th is the last day to order to get it before Christmas. So just remember that. Just in case you know you, if you want to refresh your memory on what we got, this is in the description. The link is in the description. So look at our fifth anniversary merch collection. Period. Ooh. Period. Um, okay, what's next? Oh, this is something that I forgot to say last week. Did we have an episode last week? We did. Um, yeah. That's interesting. Our alma mater, Eastman, has announced a new uh, diploma program in concert master studies. Hmm. Why? You know, it's called the Advanced Diploma in Concert Master Studies, which provides intensive and focused study with Juliana Thade, who is the associate principal. the associate professor of violin um for eastman and she's also the concert master of the rochester philharmonic orchestra um yeah and i was just like huh i wonder what i don't know what y'all be doing up there but apparently um it just opens uh applications for like this this application season the one that just passed yesterday if you didn't get your no stuff in December first. Oh well, if you didn't get it in, <laughs> tell you it's, it's over now. That's really strange to me. With in a program? lot of ways, yeah. Why? Mainly, training specifically for it to become a concert master is weird to me. Like, especially with how fickle the audition industry is. Like, even for like a section position, um. Cause obviously you can you can take you 
you can train it and win a job. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that, like, there's so much that goes into picking a concert master outside of, like, that I feel like is different than winning a, a typical job. Like, in the same way that you wouldn't have, like, principal oboe training, I feel like it's just weird. And also, there are so many factors that can't be taught, I feel like, for a concert master that it's just weird that maybe it could be a class even I think that's a little strange but that should be like a week in uh what's it called excerpt class let's talk about being a concert master mm-hmm. a whole program not even a whole class much more a degree especially like there's some there's just so much stuff that goes into choosing the concert master a lot of it political Some people, sometimes people want you to already have been a concert master before mm-hmm. like that's just weird to me and to get a whole degree in that like no tea on Eastman that's my school yeah I know I love it there it's just very strange to me um yeah it's interesting because it's like are you only going to be taking concert master auditions or like I also yeah, wonder it's another thing I could it's interesting because it's like I guess you could see like people who are in orchestras I'm not trying to diminish the role of a concert master but like even if I, I i could see if somebody was like there were people who had jobs or whatever who wanted to take the step up to concert master learning the additional skills that they need to learn but even that it's like i don't see nobody being at their job and then okay i'm going to concert master training program yeah you're gonna take the audition yeah so Let's see. Okay, this is some of the stuff that is in it. It says it includes intensive study of solo and orchestral repertoire and lessons, which a performance degree also does. Um, And the program culminates in a mock audition capstone project where students are held to the expectations and qualities of a professional audition. Additionally, students will serve as leaders of Eastman ensembles, pursue significant professional performance opportunities, shadow Professor Thade in her role, as concert master of the RPO and uh, receive individual mentorship as they prepare for their careers. I mean, it sounds fine, but I was, I remember talking to someone about this, like the third semester, I, it probably changed. Cause I don't, I don't know if that teacher's still there, but the third semester of either the third or the fourth semester of excerpt classes at Eastman was, viola solos and as a person who like who takes auditions I just reflecting on that time would have been better spent like just doing more excerpts like I feel like at the student level and it's like with no shade it just doesn't make any sense like just being like on the other side of school like that time would be better spent all the shadowing all the leadership whatever whatever because like fine but that time is better spent learning regular excerpts. Like you're, you're, I mean, obviously like you can win a concert master job out of undergrad or grad. Like, I, I mean, it's, it's rare, but you could do it. But most people are going to be going after jobs. Spend that time with them taking mock auditions for regular jobs, learning a variety of lists and, and doing those. You can still shadow her. That's still valuable. Like how does a professional orchestra, Run, but also I'm curious about that because 
the best way to learn how to professional work is your work is just to be at one. Like, that's all I learned. Like, there's there was no class or observing an orchestra. I learned anything more than just sitting in the section at Memphis Symphony. So it's like, this whole thing is just weird to me. And also, the more I think about it, the more I'm just like, so y'all added all that, but like, y'all could have built out other aspects of your very lacking curriculum. So... Or, like, the girls don't know how to read. They can't make a resume. That part. So, it's like. Because when I, like, you know how when Keith Lee goes to a a popular restaurant, he's like, they should be out the door. That's how I feel (laughs) about the writing center. (laughs) (laughs) They should be out the door. Around the corner. Down the stairs. Especially, like in the work I've been doing recently it's amazing how people don't even know how to write an email you don't even know how to structure an email so it's like it, I don't know and it's not fair to be like well y'all doing this y'all should be doing that that's annoying I understand but it's just like going out of your way to do a concert master program and who said it was out the way she probably went up to the people was like let's do this and they were like okay sounds cute more money for us but it's just like setting like being on the other side of it it's this makes more sense for to just do excerpts like have an orchestral i don't know i don't remember if eastman has an orchestral track for performance i don't think so so we just don't skip right on over the regular thing to like a lot of schools have that msm um usc they have specifically it is orchestral studies mm-hmm. so you just skipped on over that just straight up to the top like i mean fine if you want to be a concert master someday can be auditioning <laughs> like it's just and also what about i mean that's not fair i was gonna say something unfair so never mind but um okay girl eliora do your thing i mean it's fine but i want that is was uh, you said that what oh i was just gonna say um i don't i know you didn't intend this to take 10 minutes but it's just like the more i thought about it the weirder it got like the weirder and weirder no, i it thought got it was kind me. of interesting yeah especially like okay this is a mock audition capstone project and i was wondering like what is a project or is it just you're preparing a folder like a dense because it says um your house to the expectations and qualities of a professional audition so i mean maybe it's like sopa but is that a project? You're taking an audition. You're doing a mock audition. Yeah, especially I'm wondering, like, I feel like the better use of the time would be to go out in the field and take auditions. Like, you should, there should be, maybe and maybe there is, there should be a requirement of how many auditions you should take by the time you graduate mm-hmm. from this program. Yeah, maybe, because it does say pursue significant professional performance opportunities, but none of this is performance opportunities, not necessarily auditions. Well, it says pursuing performance opportunities, so I guess an audition is a pursuit of a performance opportunity. I don't know. Yeah, it's just weird. I'm also wondering about the students will serve as leaders in the Eastman ensembles because I'm like, I wonder, because I know how Eastman does auditions and stuff, so are they still... doing when I, how they do rotation for all principals because they have concert master rotation so is that done now 
Oh, good point. And is it only I for mean, Phil? I wonder if because this yeah, is like I, say, well, I wonder if it's only for Phil. Yeah, what if it's only for Phil? And maybe the only the people who are in this program are eligible to be concert master. Which, okay. I feel like people be wanting to be concert master. So it's like. Well, then you better get your money up. That's crazy. Step your pussy up and go be in this program. <laughs> That's crazy. Not an upcharge to be concert master. <laughs> No, I'm trying to have a shot at being a concert master. Right, right. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like if I don't know. I feel like this. I also have thirty more thirty more minutes in that board room with a God. Sorry. <laughs> I have um this here says the the core courses for um this diploma. Applied music lessons. Four units per. That's just regular ensemble, regular chamber wait, music. Wait, 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 go back. Apply music lessons. How many? It just says four units per semester, so that's just. Oh, just, I thought you said four units. Period. I said so. No. <laughs> one. I was like, <laughs> one semester. There you go. All set. Um. So music less. Um. Your private lessons, ensemble, chamber music. Um, concert master seminar course. See, and I'm already getting upset because chamber music. That's what okay. I was thinking too, because it's like, yes, you do. Even if you you went or- an orchestra job, you might have to play some chamber music. You know, they be doing that every now and then. But like, I mean, I guess I mean Memphis play, they play a fair amount of chamber music. Maybe to be fair, the core does. Yeah, but I feel like Memphis. It depends on yeah, it depends on the type of orchestra. Yeah, I think it depends on the size of the orchestra because maybe. Joe just his ears was like who be playing chamber music you know right. so um <clears throat> maybe and also maybe as a concert master you get tapped for that sort of stuff more often I don't know possible yeah Memphis has a uh there's a principal quartet mm. okay and then music leadership coursework slash electives which is one to two units per semester concert master practicum which is one unit and completed in the final semester, and then the mock audition capstone project. This is why school is a little annoying to me because it's like, why are you taking chamber music? And how is this different than just orchestra studies would have made so much more sense. It would have made so much more sense. It should just be lots of excerpts, lots of mock auditions. A fellowship would have made more sense. Especially because we don't even have excerpt class, which is crazy. I'm like, so I don't, I don't even understand the the reasoning behind it. Mm. We, as in for the audience, we as in bass players, violins, violas, and cellos all had excerpt class. We did not have excerpt class. We didn't have chamber music either. So what was we doing? I mean, I had I chamber like music, but that was by choice. Yeah, you jerry-rigged them. I, oh, my God. All I had to go through. Girl, I still remember that. For how we even turned out. was like, how did it go? <laughs> Father God. It was not fun. And it's like, we, of course, we, like, we played excerpts in studio class. We had studio class twice a week, so I guess you could say, like, whatever. But some, some other people did, too. Some people. Yeah, it's just a little different. Because I feel like with extra class, it's only by excerpts. Like, I played excerpts in studio... Yeah. here and there but i played every week excerpts 
in with excerpt clubs. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we can we have excerpts. I don't know why we have no excerpt Right. Clubs. We, That's we, weird. We do take auditions. <laughs> <laughs> so, they probably they probably still think y'all doesn't show up. Right. You you got a base? Good enough for me. That's crazy. I don't know. I mean, best of luck to those involved. Yeah, I'm interested to see who falls for that. I mean, and go, no, I'm just playing. <laughs> you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I feel like I love Meliora. I love Eastman. Yeah, I love it down. That's my spot. I I had a blast in Rochester. Everybody knows that. It's no secret. Period. But listen to me. Listen to me. I, I, before you spend money at this place, go down the street to MSM. They got an orchestral studies program. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say because it doesn't make sense. It does not make sense to take a concert master specific program, and then you got to do chamber music and school into like. I mean, no. at least in, imagine if like and your theory requirement is. <laughs> oh, is it a certificate? It's a it's a advanced diploma. Oh. But you have to have had. You have to have a bachelor's degree, so it's not like you can add this on. Mm. Getting it? Yep, I'm gonna concert master my viola. I wonder why it's not even like principal studies. See, that's another thing. But they would have to get more just, more teachers on board for that, so that yeah, makes they probably, sense. They probably were like, so they were like, I mean. Orchestra people could chime in. I feel like it's just weird and unwise to tell, because who's the who's the target audience for this program? A twenty-two year old. You're gonna tell a twenty-three year old to go take a concert master audition, and you might win it. Period. But like, you should you should win a job. Like, I don't know. And the concert master is a job, but it's also like I don't know. Just weird. Yeah. Strange use of resources. That part. Because y'all really could have a little podcasting class. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> y'all could have a podcasting class. Y'all could be teaching people how to know, how to read. And Eastman is a little different because people do be academic over there, but oh, like yeah, some of y'all don't. Down. Yeah. And y'all could have a black musical studies degree or like add on at least like there's so many other things like right. alumni and residence program here we come right like yeah, nobody know how to improvise over there like there are other tofus to fry if we were to talk about building out the program I have four degrees in music I don't know how to improvise like and you're like oh that's your fault no I took a class I did. Came out the same. So I could do a little one too. Give me a little chart. I might could I could put me a little something together. But the tofu safari, Katie. Yep. Okay. I did a little. I wrote a little. uh, After write a sketch, I wrote a little little uh, joke about that. I did like a. I did like beverages in a fridge arguing basically and I I'm not gonna say the whole thing but I was like let me think of the rude things my friends have said to me about plants and 
basically like even my, my little teacher he was like you know what it's inanimate objects but we bought into the story i said period that's that was the point and they were arguing about like downsizing like who should get kicked out the fridge and everybody gained upon oat milk and was like when's the last time you've seen somebody milk a oat okay and, <laughs> and i was like took right from someone definitely said that to me before so i was like it was cute i enjoy writing that one and then people were like water needs to get out you ever heard of a faucet <laughs> got a little laugh on that one I, very proud i remember that there was a meme about that it was like where all we milk come from i almost even got even got titties i was like okay <laughs> i should have said that but also it's like some of my we'll talk about this later but some of my jokes be falling not falling flat but they get that little smile because it's like everybody in my class was like, i made this great space joke fell flat you know, like so, I I could titties would be like it probably be saying wrong, right? I don't know. Titties, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You joke, you joke, but literally, I've had a couple jokes fall flat. I've had a couple of them fall flat because it'd be a little ethnic. <laughs> 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 but we move. And do. Um, I mean, I have my other thing i wanted to shout out um the sphinx lead cohorts which is their cohort for their program rather for um arts administrators um no way i just wanted to shout out um, no way how'd i miss that I always uh-huh. look at, you know, who, who's doing what and see if we have any former black ex-ally on there. And one of the you leaders. You got your brightness turned all the way up. One of the leaders is Hassan Anderson, who is assistant professor of oboe and coordinator of teaching artistry at the University of Southern of South Carolina. Remember Hassan from Gateways? I do know Hassan because Hassan is hilarious. Mm-hmm. He was Him and Jasmine and- ganged up on me about something. <laughs> Um, so shout out to him congratulations to him and all of the rest of the members of the cohort you are so messy how am I messy <laughs> how am I messy <laughs> this is insane how I miss this I bet y'all we on FaceTime um but anyway, that's all I have for the news. So we can move on to the intermission. Nah, you were messy. Anyway, so if you're not chronically online, well, I forget to be chronically online for this one. I can't tell. Um, but this week, this um, fool went viral. <laughs> you know what's interesting about her? I was like, where do I recognize her from? <laughs> <laughs> okay, not that. <laughs> People was saying, "My bad, y'all." <laughs> One thing I enjoy about black people is we'll keep it cute until you you piss us off. And now we know we say everything we notice. Somebody says she looked like that, like Raven Baxter's dad off of That's So Raven, and I have been inconsolable because. She do. Anyway, this creator went viral for all the wrong reasons. She um got on Blue Ivy's internet and was saying that um it's better as a black creator to have a white following other than a black following because 
uh, you'll make more money. I don't know. Said, something black like that. Black people don't support each other. And I'm like, right. Oh, <laughs> don't know black First people. Like, on the air. You don't know black people. And secondly, like, black people will support. Like, I was watching, I was watching this little girl. She got, she comes, I'm in dire need of finding someone to do a silk press for me. I've given up. But I was watching this little girl in Chicago. She got her hair silked out. Of course, the booking website's down, but whatever. And she, like, flipped her hair. I said, yeah, on just on reaction, just 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 out of nowhere, I'm gonna support some black stuff, and I know a lot of people like me. So what are you talking about? Like so- you wasn't down to the. <laughs> I remember going to the Met to see Fire Shut Up in My Bones. First of all, I, I live in Los Angeles. I flew to New York to go see <laughs> to that to like, that opera and to see the audience there. People who have probably never been to an opera before. People who mm-hmm. like, I saw people with their letters on, like came out because they was like, oh, he's doing a black opera. Period. Same thing, thing with, with Marvel. Today. Both of us in the movie right. theater Googling, who is that? Who is that? Just because it was Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Even the thing we talk about today, like there was black people in the movie theater with me. They said black opera? Mm-hmm. Oh. So I don't know what you're talking about. So obviously this incited a lot of controversy and rage. She also got back, she got back and doubled down. Then she came back and she was like, what I really meant to say was, which is not what you meant to say. So, um, obviously, black creators, especially the ones that she mentioned, like Fanita and Jackie Ina, got back and like, keep my name out your mouth. Basically. Oh, they did? That's what Fanita said. Fanita, Fanita, because Fanita made a response video. Fanita, for those who don't know, she's a TikTok, she's a TikTok family with her own um, history of controversy. But she's a TikTok uh, creator, huge creator, maybe three, four million followers. And she... Um, Got on, she got up and said like when I first got on here like the only people who were supporting me was black women so like when you see other people other people came along for the ride because I'm hilarious she's a great personality whatever but originally like the only people who were defending me cause you know she's a, she's plus size she's dark skin she's like the only people who were in my corner were black women so and then Winnie in the comment like of the video double down and she was like keep my name out your mouth that's what she said at the end of the video cause it's just like girl Jackie Ina said the same thing, like a little bit more nicer or whatever. Um, <clears throat> so I thought this would be fitting for us to talk about because as people who make content, both for Classical Black and other things, and also as people who the original content, the thing you're listening to right now, was curated specifically for black people, I want to talk about this very briefly for the intermission. So first, we already talked about it a little bit, but the, your original thoughts on this video and yeah <clears throat> oh and the whole thing is because really what it came down to is she did some type of like tired campaign that didn't do well and she was like people don't support i'm like first of all sponsor content usually does worse secondly you put no effort into it like you didn't even try to buy nothing from the store that she was talking about like you just went around the store and was like look at the stuff that the store has yes yeah, stores have things <laughs> so <laughs> like what but okay that's hilarious there's a lot of different reasons why something might not do well this and 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 actually there's also sometimes there's no reasons why because we've been trying to figure out what the heck is going on with our stuff like Mm -hmm. algorithms are weird like all that type of stuff i thought she was ridiculous by saying it um i'm not trying to make any assumptions i did see 
Yeah, I know what you saw. Mm-hmm. I I did see some stuff about her preferences and and things like that. And let's just say it does not seem like she has a track record of being in community with black people. Mm-hmm. And so, two things: one, who are you around? If you're not in the mix then how are people supposed to they can't read your mind and say oh I sense a black creator who needs support let me fly over like they can't if you're not in community you're not in the spaces then like what are you talking about and two you're expecting community from people who you have not have you supported yourself have you right. shown yourself to be involved and interested into things that they they like and want to see and, and if not that's your prerogative find out who your audience is is that the audience that you even want to cater to obviously not if you are here dogging them right because they don't like your stuff like i don't know that automatically like had me very irritated especially because like because i have been very active in my black community and i've seen support i'm like that that seems like totally that just went over my head i was like that is incredibly like false like you made that up yeah i'm i was like which black women and especially like also you know what's hilarious that's what i was gonna say so i was wondering where this girl looked familiar from and i remember months ago because when the whole like people were calling out hairstylists people still do it but like there was like a trend of it she had went to get her a quick weave done and like the girl was like on some foolishness and she was like she got on she came with her hair like <clears throat> molded down with the leave out she was like this is how my hair looks i have to go leave and pick up my son because she told me 10 o'clock whatever whatever and black women in the comments rallied behind her and was like girl who is it oh we leaving reviews um oh you gotta do more of these we gotta we gotta fix these people in atlanta like the same black women that you are dogging out were in your comments ready to go to war for you because we know what it's like to like first of all deal with something like that and secondly to have your time wasted and third like your hair is not done and you thought your hair was finna be done and that was not done and that's important to us and it's like those same women months later you're saying don't support it it's better to have white people supporting your content and it's like where do those women go that were in your comments you you must not make com- content for them for them to stay and this is like very this is very weird to me like you're talking about they don't support your stuff your dry poorly lit video at macy's that you're that you're mad about like <laughs> i'm so confused and then also like I just hate, like, I'm watching this video. I'm like, I cannot believe she's talking about us like this. Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, to be, it's just, that's a, that's a, I mean, it's like a, it's not very serious, you know, in the grand scheme of, like, the world, this one TikToker. But, like, dang, like, everybody's always out to get us. Like, and then you see it from someone, some, from someone in your own community, like, talking about you like that. I'm watching the video on my phone that I paid for, and I was like, this is crazy. Like, Girl, I don't even see you. I don't even see you on my for you page. And the the first time I've seen you besides that hair video, you talking about how black women don't support you. What a terrible look. 
I feel like, I mean, maybe she might have done her big one with this video because maybe I also consider that it might be outrage marketing. Who knows? Probably a bit of both. Oh, that's true. Yeah, she I, I hate that. I, she probably did. But then at what cost? That's the thing about stuff like that. It's like you could be like, oh, she's for a video. I don't really feel such and such way or like whatever. But it's just like you, even if you don't, you announce that to the world. You're fine with people thinking that about you. You're fine with that being your image or like whatever like you you look yeah. ridiculous also you talk about oh it's it's better to have a white audience or whatever like the framing is terrible because didn't you say in her in her follow-up she was like oh i was just saying that it's better to have a mixed audience like that's not what you said you said to have a white audience <clears throat> and it's like of course to appeal to a wide variety of people even if you even if you market towards black people there's a lot of different types of black people so there are obviously other things that you're going to need to have a connection point with people on if you wanted a mixed audience you said a white audience and also right. if you if you cater to a white audience you probably will do well you know why because there's about six times more white people in this country than there are black people exactly <laughs> like even the, even the numbers game like it just doesn't make sense and uh, jackiana she said like because i feel like jackiana is a very she's she's a very smart woman and she uses her brain so that i know that cancels a lot of y'all out not you classic black listeners of course not not you guys smarty whities um but she was like i see what she's saying in that of course like if you can uh, if you can appeal to a, a variety of people you're gonna have more followers like we think about Fanita, who was she would be stitching men's videos like they because men would do those corny thirst traps, and she was that's how I find that's how I found out about her. She would stitch them, and be like, "So what time are we meeting?" Like she would do stuff like that. That appeals to a lot of women, regardless of 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 race. So she, she would also talk about black stuff, but your her content would appeal but her her game wasn't to be like oh i gotta gotta collect as many white people as i can't like it's just weird it's freaking weird so she's not wrong but that's not what you said you said man black women suck like okay i beat mean, out that's embarrassing to me um okay so as it pertains to classically black like what do you like how do you what are your opinions on it as it pertains to classically black white people no i'm just playing <laughs> Could you imagine? i mean we very clearly do not <laughs> i i realized how niche we were being because i forgot when joe was like which baby are they talking about when we were you know it's just like we just be on here like i will say in terms of like expanding because we have a lot going on I mean, we you know five years we did the merge we got other stuff happening like it has not been especially especially creating a show with blackness at the forefront of it in a very very white of the white fields or markets or whatever one of the whitest ones especially <laughs> literally like what whiter? we're gonna do a <laughs> I mean, even if we did a country music podcast, we would be better off. Like, yeah. <laughs> <I feel> like <laughs> I, honestly, like that's another very, I mean, not little Metal. The conservative. 
uh, part of it, but also there's conservatism in classical music, probably not quite as much because oh, there's a lot of other stuff wrapped in it. Cause different types of conservative um, in those two genres. But I will say in the whole expanding, it has been a little difficult because mm-hmm. there's a lot of like, okay, just trust us. Because we 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 very firmly operate in areas that classical music institutions struggle to get and that should help y'all trust us because y'all cannot get that like our core audience that 18 to 35 that is where the vast majority of our listeners are 1835 people of color like all that type of stuff that y'all don't be getting is who listens to classical black but it's very difficult to earn the trust in the in the faith of of in the attention in the classical music space which has been Mm -hmm. frustrating in trying to to grow classically black if there were there are certain things i think that we've even talked about that we've identified that if we did we might be more successful but it does not fit us in what we want to do so yeah i agree i also i mean we're talking about expansion like how it's a difficult conversation to figure out how are we expanding with while keeping blackness at the core. Um, because I don't, I feel like even in its inception, like we were just like, this is for people to feel our people to feel in community with us, especially since we're so spread apart and other people come along and they listen and they enjoy. You're more than welcome, of course. But like, and I feel like just keeping that as our guiding our our north star. I feel like it will it will happen when it's supposed to happen in the ways that it's supposed to. But imagine, especially and especially like when it comes to like Winnie and our situation, it's like it will be a literally be alive if we said black people didn't support us. That is like our core audience. We will be lying. And in fact, if we said that and they stopped listening to us, I'm sure our our listenership would drop like by. 80 to 90 percent i feel like so and i mean shout out to the people in germany guten but like um i don't know i feel like at least maybe 70 i don't know but just very strange to me um and i think about like even my content outside of class clear black I, I, I don't I can't really look I don't take a lot of time to look through my demographics to see like who watches Katie makes it vegan but like when I look at the comments it's black women down being like oh girl that I like okay girl black women Jamaican women and I'm just gonna keep doing me because I, I don't I want people to watch me to enjoy me not to be like I'll get to where I'm going because I want to get there not because like I feel like I need to pander to a certain demographic to expand my content like i'd rather get to where i'm going for being katie not like what what is needed let me fill that niche and i feel like that's what we see that with tabitha brown we see that with jackie Ina, all keith like keith lee like people who just were true to themselves and people enjoyed them so they went along for the ride and they weren't like and especially someone like jackie Ina said like at her very roots when she was you know making videos in hawaii depressed like black women were supporting her mm-hmm. so yeah period 
Well, let us know your thoughts. Let us know if you heard about that. Some of y'all be texting me. Let me know if you heard about it. It's been crazy. And normally, I would have been tired of it, but I'd be liking the stitches to that video. Well, she turned her stitches off, of course. But um, I'd be liking the people that respond to her because I want to see different takes and hear what people got to say because that was why. I cannot believe she tried to come for us. Girl, blend your leave out and leave us alone. All right, we moving on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so we went to the opera house, also known as the movie theater, a couple of weeks ago to see the Malcolm X opera. We're going to talk about it today. Yep. X, the life and times of Malcolm X. Um, so if y'all don't know that was going on at the Met Opera, Katie and I both um went to see it in our respective theaters. So, I mean, it's about Malcolm X. His so it's about his life. I know we usually give a synopsis and I will give a little a bit of a synopsis, but also it's it's about his life. Um it's by Anthony Davis. Um and it actually premiered what I think in nineteen eighty six. I feel like I remember talking about maybe it wasn't this opera. I don't know. Early classically black. Didn't someone or opera house in Florida do it? Yeah, nineteen eighty six. That was when it was? Oh, never mind. I'm thinking something else. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was premiered in nineteen eighty six. And um now it's back. So basically it starts there's an interesting start and I, I don't even know that I made that connection fully when it did but basically they had a ship but it was a spaceship that crashed Mm -hmm. into the Met and it was um the Black Star ship which is um a ship that was supposed to take black people back to Africa per its leader Marcus Garvey who was a leader of the back to africa movement um and yeah basically that's how that's how it starts um and then it goes into malcolm x's childhood um his father died when he was young and his mother struggling to cope with that um was just not herself anymore and he and his siblings were taken by the state he was sent up north to boston to live with his sister um and he kind of got wrapped up in a life of crime so there's like really two I feel like sides when people talk about the life of Malcolm X there's like the pre-prison post-prison and this is like um when he was you know running the streets having a life of crime and it, it kind of goes into how he got swept up in that um especially like as a child that just went through all of that um and then he goes to prison converts to islam gets out joins the nation of islam meets elijah muhammad um and also goes into you know his of course his life as an activist the friction that happened between him and elijah muhammad that made him leave um the nation of islam and make his his pilgrimage to mecca um and then of course it ends with um, when he was assassinated yeah that's a little synopsis 
Yes, what you think? It was cool. It was cool. I um it was so also in the theaters like they do the whole little um what you call it? Like in between the acts and in the intermissions. There were two intermissions because there's three acts. Um, they do like the interviews with like all the people. Angela Bassett was the host. I was like, shout out to her. Um, and also, I made a note about that. I was like, shout out to the Met for like coming up for air. Like that was a a perfect tie-in mm-hmm. because um, she was in that movie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, who you got black on staff? And if not, well done. Like that was well done. Mm-hmm. Like I'll give credit where credit is due. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, I think we both went into because you saw it before me, and I went in. I feel like expecting it because it was long. The runtimes, but it says on the website is three hours and twenty minutes of the opera, and not including the intermissions. Um, so I remember going in, being like, "Oh my god, what are we finna do?" Like three hours. I thought it was gonna because it was close to four hours. I was just gonna be crazy, mm-hmm. but luckily it did not feel long. It didn't feel like I was like dragging through it and like mm-hmm. all this stuff. I will say it, it kind of influenced me knowing that it was long when I went into it because I was like, y'all could cut that. Y'all could cut that. <laughs> like <laughs> the beginning scene where well, I forget what they were saying, but um, the beginning scene when they were when the spaceship like crashed and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I thought my thing stopped. Um, it was a bit long for me. I thought they yeah, I was repeating that for a while. Yeah, I made a note that I loved like the dancers, like the choreo of the band was really cool. It just I, okay. I later on in the aria, the in the opera, it was explained the spaceship thing. It just didn't wrap all the way around for me. Like I get the tie-in of Afrofuturism, and I could see how that would relate, by and large, to what Malcolm X was talking about. But it just felt, I just, I don't know. I just, I, I, I wasn't completely convinced yeah. by it. That didn't, and it was a little confusing. Yeah, because why couldn't I just feel like, ship? like a slave ship? No, it wasn't a slave ship. It was a black. The black star. No, I'm saying. Like, why couldn't that's what it was? That's what it was representing. I'm like, why couldn't it have just been that ship? Been that ship. Yeah. I was like, whoa, a slave ship. No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah, it was like a. It was like a. It didn't make sense to me. Like, I understand. Like. I just and they they would stand on stage and they would come back sometimes. I just like it just didn't make sense to me the whole Afrofuturism thing. Like it's a cool concept. It made me it gave me an idea for something else, but like that's that's what I got from it. <laughs> like I got inspiration for something else. I feel like yeah, I feel like he. I would think it was the director that was saying that mm-hmm. this story felt too big for the Met stage. And so they made it as, like, that was kind of the concept behind it. Yeah, it didn't curl all the way over for me, especially because, like, 
I don't know. It's just. Also, I see what he was saying. It's too bad for the message, so we put it on the ship. Which is smaller. I don't know. I. D- <laughs> <laughs> yeah I just I get it but I don't like because if he said something like Malcolm X was very much like you know like free the people I don't know what MLK talking about no leaving in my way like and how that relates to Garvey I get in some ways but and is that is that the are you commenting like that's the future of like I don't I don't get it like it didn't work for me it was just people in really cool costumes and wigs standing there for 30 minutes in the opening Hmm. um but other than that you know I had um Okay, I was gonna know. I made the um. He was saying, "Black people in the future, imagine yourself in the future." I don't know. I, I okay, sure. I feel like I've heard that before. Like black people are in the future, and I feel like that is that was something that's like because of all the, just like the struggle and like that's kind of like a "we'll make it through" type of mm-hmm. saying. But I've heard that somewhere before, somewhere else. Hmm. Like there are black people in the future. Which, Maybe him, because I think he was talking about like how, um, when we think about the future, like it's like black people don't necessarily see themselves there, or or maybe futuristic content doesn't always show black people. Maybe it was something like that. I remember him saying something like that. Hmm. Apparently there was a billboard about it and it was taken down. Interesting. I'll have to read about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, obviously Will Liverman was great. He was, he played Malcolm X. Um, it was a lot like to obviously to get into, um, to get, his life on that stage but I feel like they, I feel like they did a good job I mean it was I great I mean like the score was amazing it sounded freaking hard yeah. like I mean I definitely wrote that and I was like oh this music is hard um whoever is playing that trumpet in the jazz band okay like that was crazy <laughs> I was just like I was like who is playing the trumpet like no that was insane um and I also liked the use of like like I guess Malcolm X has this like speech called I don't know the chicken coming to the roost or something like that and I like when operas do that kind of stuff like when a theme keeps coming back and everything was like whether it's like Malcolm X is coming, is the chicken coming to the roost or like America's chicken coming to the roost. Like I really enjoyed that, mm-hmm. that coming back, that idea coming back. It was just really good writing. Like I just enjoyed it. Um, Kawhi a bit. And Miss girl, I'm trying to look up her name. Um, who played the mother, Leah Hawkins, mm-hmm. that little insanity scene she had to do. Mm-hmm. 
I was like, oh, <laughs> sorry. Like, that's cr- like, it was so, so good. So everyone, um, everyone was really good. Why do I have this note? I said something about evil Terrence Howard. What does that mean, Katie? Who that <laughs> you talking about the dude that played? <laughs> that played. That? Um, he played the guy who like recruited Malcolm X after he got to, um, and he played um after he got to Boston, and he played Elijah Muhammad. Right. Okay. He was one of my favorites. No, absolutely. I thought he was very, yeah. very good. He was so good. He was very good. Yeah. Uh, I find it. I I I don't know what it takes to make an opera. So I know that there's a a give and take that has to happen between the music and the libretto, like literally even just and that has to be so hard. Like you have to write the story, but also you have to write it in a way that works with the music. And there's certain words that are not good for us. You got to find a way to rework. Like it's all this stuff. The repetition, I get that that's like a device that's used in opera. But in the beginning, I was like, we haven't spent, y'all, it's been 10 minutes. And y'all are saying the same thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just wondered, like, I would like somebody who knows how to make an opera explain to me what that's about. And, See, now I want to listen to it again because did the, did the music change? It was like Asinato stuff, right? It kept repeating, right? Yeah. Oh, I remember the dancers were responsible for moving the plot forward. But they was just doing stuff. We didn't know all these was going on. They was just doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were trying to set the, set the scene. I think my main thing is that, like, I didn't really even pay attention to that whole spaceship thing. Like, it was just, I feel like we could have kept, we could have kept it. Mm-hmm. It was cool to look at. And I think, like, okay, I have never written an opera. But I think, like, I have a note here about, like, um... Never mind, lost it. But I lost my train of thought. That's crazy. Okay, I was talking about the spaceship. Mm-hmm. And um I feel like it would have just made more sense if we just if if it was about a a person in history that was always like, Black children, you are the future. Like the guy that does reading rainbow then we could have had yeah then we could have had a spaceship and it's like we are the future we are the world blah it's quasi malcolm x was like i feel like we could have just brought been brought into the story a little bit differently Mm -hmm. but i would say one of my started with him at mecca and and worked back or something Mm -hmm. i don't know anyway I was going to say, that was one of my favorite scenes. I thought it was a beautifully done. The prayer scene? Yeah. Gorgeous. Like, I thought it was beautifully done. And and I will say, another reason why maybe it stuck out to me is that I, I have a hard time reviewing operas because it's just a lot to do. And honestly, I, my, my number one issue when reviewing operas that I don't talk about the music enough because I'll be like it's so much going on look at the pretty lights and look at the like <laughs> <laughs> but I will say in the few the couple of um black operas that I've seen in the past couple years 
I like would like to see more life in our sets like mm-hmm. and, th- and some of that is the story like some of the story doesn't cause f- for or a call for like any anything more than like a really bare bones like situation but I mean maybe I also just saw like oh my god when I saw Dream of the Red Chamber I think I did not like that opera at all but the sets were gorgeous and it brought mm-hmm. like it brought so much life to it and mm-hmm. I feel like and then Fire Shepherd My Bones was a super bare bones set. Like, so they had that one little square, and then it was, like, projections, <laughs> but it was all desert and, and mm-hmm. all that type of stuff. Because, I mean, he lived in it. Like, that's kind of, I guess, the landscape of where he lived in. Champion was also, except for that, that bar, the gay bar. That's the only mm-hmm. um, time. But, um... Yeah, the Mecca scene was just, like, really... It was just really gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like, both musically and visually. And, like, obviously, it was a a spiritual moment for him. And it was very interesting to see, I mean, that sort of turning point in, in his life and in his development. Like, that is supposed to be a point like that in your life, like, making that pilgrimage to Mecca, but... Even to see, like, I remember watching, there's that docuseries, no, there's two. Did I watch both? There's one on, they're both on Netflix. One is the the Who Killed Malcolm X one, and then the other one is the one about him and his relationship with Muhammad Ali. And Hmm. in one of those, they were talking about, like, and they mentioned it in the opera, that he kind of had a sense close to his death that he was going to die soon. Mm-hmm. and um that was around the time that he i mean that was when he broke ties with with the nation of islam and then and then went to mecca but um so that was a very like different setting for him someone who has had this extremely public life fast-paced life and um yeah has had to be like has had to be very outward and now this is a very inward moment mm-hmm. so. in a red lights and like mm-hmm. yeah it was nice had me looking up all type of stuff i was like because i i hear like people who are muslim talk about mecca but i was like okay so let's look this up finally mm-hmm. and like it's a little bunch of stuff like how the nation of Islam is different than Islam, mm-hmm. I'm, and there's some friction clip. there. You said what? Do you remember that clip from what clip? Um, New York, Tiffany Pollard. Mm-hmm. It was like a clip that was going that had gone around. I forgot. I don't know what show she was. She was talking to some dude, and she was talking about she was about to say Muslimanity. And, and the dude was like, he was like, Mm-mm, Islam. She was like, oh, the nation of Islam. He was like, no, 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 just Islam. It's not the same. <laughs> yeah, I said I wanted to look more into that because I looked up a little bit, like at the time that we watched this, just to see. And the, the the Muslim girlies do not be pleased with that. I don't know if that's still the the status, but definitely they'd be like 
I saw one video I was when I was looking it up. This dude was like, one day they'll return return to Islam, but until then, it's some it's some it's some static there. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. It's some. Yeah, I don't want to get into it. Yeah, it's not. a lot of problematic stuff around Nation Islam. So, and none that I'm well versed in. So that's why I'm. A, yeah, I'm about I'm to say I, I. I got off at my stop long ago. <laughs> I just said that I looked it up mm-hmm. and because I am a person that likes to learn things. And then I was like, oh, I mean, we because had was, that whole that was that whole scuffle with that Farrakhan video. And right. Remember that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. And also, like, I was watching that. I'd be watching. I watched some stuff I could just have in the background. And that dude that you sent me his video about the thing you said you texted oh, me oh that one that one okay so well, you I, watched it? I did watch it you were supposed to tell me i would have watched it at the same time okay i'm gonna watch it i'm gonna watch it i'm gonna watch it oh that was my bad because my me being like you watch it was me saying i watched it what you think which is not fair i thought that but then i was doing something it was like yeah i was anyway um points are made and he left black women alone so i mean yeah because oh for real if i remember correctly i was also working while i was working because that's one of the reasons why that's one of the reasons why i like him because he thinks it's a video essayist i'm talking about there's a video essay essayist named fd signifier who i enjoy and i sent katie one of his videos on a controversial topic that we have discussed and i haven't watched it yet but this is that's what we're talking but I was I watched one one about oh no I watched one about what's that dude? no no I watched one about Obama but um Doctor Umar came up and it got into the nation of Islam a little bit there too so I was like oh that's this explains anyway so yeah I don't know if you can see X still I'm pretty sure it's out of theaters but. Um, it was a cute little key. Hopefully, it's staged again. And yeah, you, you know what's coming back? Fire up in my what? bones with a new cast Aww. in the spring. That's the thing. I was like, maybe, but I was like, I'm probably not gonna go see. It. I mean, no shade to the new cast, like, but the that first cast. I don't know how y'all finna top that because. But you know what's good about that? I just realized we was just talking about this about evergreen stuff, like this opera should be performed right so mm-hmm. it's like oh that's true it does marriage figaro got new class that's true. multiple times a, a a season you know that's what we want yeah that is what we want that is what we want yeah right now i'm over here put it on the shelf wait <laughs> <laughs> right wrap it up but nah. it's good yeah so period shout out shout out to them mm-hmm all right, y'all, time for Black Excellence, where we hype you up, gas you up, and give you your props, because there's room for everyone at the top. Who are you talking about, Delaney? Okay, so I was trying to keep it under wraps, because we literally just mentioned him. But um, today, I'm talking about Victor Ryan Robertson. He is the guy that played the... That character has a name, although he was a minor character. The um the guy who like recruited Malcolm X into that street life. And he also played Elijah Muhammad in X. Evil Terrence. Howard. 
First of all, <laughs> Terrence Howard is evil. Terrence Howard. <laughs> so, Hold on, I got the cast list right. Oh, you already said his name. Yeah, Victor Ryan Robertson. Reginald was his name, I think. No, his brother was Reginald. All right, it doesn't matter. I don't. Maybe he's not even real. Maybe he's not even um named. Yeah, that's what I was wondering if he was. Yeah. Oh no, his name was Street. That's his name. Under on the page of um, like the landing page for X, and you scroll down, it has all the cast. So he played Street slash Elijah Muhammad. Oh, I'm in the thing. Mm. I'm in the. I'm somewhere else. I didn't scroll all the way down to bottom. Okay, okay. He was very, very good. I remember right. I remember thinking like he gonna be my Black Excellence, and it's so funny because I just saw another opera and I got my other Black Excellence because I was like, it's too, it's too many of y'all, like. Dang, I only do one a week. Because, like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I saw those, people in there. those two back-to-back. I saw, I had an opera weekend. I was singing two operas. Oh, I forgot about that. Sure did. Um, <laughs> but let's hear a little bit about him. Um, so, yeah, he is a tenor who navigates many genres, including classical, contemporary pop, and Broadway. Um, he was a... Uh, he performed with the Portland Opera in the Central Park Five um, as Raymond Santana, um, also another Anthony Davis opera, um, as well as, like I said, Elijah and Street. Oh, I didn't even have to click over in his bio. Um, in X, The Life of Times uh, of Malcolm X, he performed in that role, not only in the Met Opera, but in the Detroit Opera and Opera Omaha. Um, he has also um, recorded uh projects for um commercial release that are produced by the Boston Modern Orchestra projects and nominated for um a twenty twenty three Grammy Award. Okay. He is also going to be um playing Sport and Life in Porgy and Best in a co production between Opera North Carolina and Opera Carolina. Um yeah he got a lot going on. You know how, how opera bios go. The opera girls, they say no days off. Like, um, he also made his off-Broadway debut um, in the cast of Three Montaners at Little Schubert Theater um, in 2007 to 2008 season. Um, and he remained with the show when it toured the U.S. and when it went on to play the Edinburgh Festival in Scotland. Um, and also in Moscow and Dominican Republic and the U.K.'s festival come on mr wall right period <laughs> right um and then last but not least um he made his um professional debut in basil Luhrmann's rent in an um adaptation of love Wim at the Emerson theater in los angeles and um in a record 82 sold out performances and he won an ovation award for that so period shout out to him he did a great job yeah, I will link his website in the description. Period. Well, my piece of the week is more of a collection of pieces. Samara Joy is like one of the my favorite um, jazz vocalists out there right now. Her um, voice literally sounds like butter. Um, and I tell everyone about her. Um, I just bought her. I've I've listened to this. Um, pieces of this album, A Joyful Holiday, especially since Christmas time, you want something to turn on. I told um, I told someone about this last week, and he was like, we put it on while we were putting up our Christmas tree. Like, literally, her voice will literally rock you 
to sleep. It's great. Um, I'm saving. I bought the the vinyl. I'm saving it for a plot. I don't know. I have to be doing something. I might as well turn it on. I need to be making Christmas cookies. I need to be. I already put my tree up. I'm, I need it for the plot because it's just perfect. Her voice is amazing. Um, so yeah, she's a jazz vocalist, and you probably seen her around. She got t- famous on TikTok, and she's that girl. Like I, she came to Memphis a couple months ago. I was like, ah won a grammy right literally since she's been out it's it's insane and she came to memphis like last year or earlier this year and i was like oh i might i, I saw her like oh she she's singing tomorrow i got nothing going on i might could swoop on down there how silly of me been sold out try again <laughs> i tried to get a signed copy of the vinyl been sold out don't play with her she ain't had no more i had to get the regular plain one like everybody else <laughs> um so definitely check her out her voice is amazing literally i haven't heard any voice like that in a long time so yeah thank you so much for listening to classically whack podcast don't forget to follow us on social media at class hold up and like like hello at classically black podcast we got our merch that's classicallyblackpodcast.com slash store um if you got a black excellence suggestion that's it or a piece of the suggestion send it to classically black podcast at gmail.com if you're black join isbm if you got money join the ebony tower that's patreon.com slash classically black podcast uh i think that's everything thank you for listening we'll talk to y'all next week all right bye y'all arrivederci